0: Do you struggle with a dry, dull, tangled, or itchy beard? Maybe you find little beard hair curls all over the bathroom sink. Have you found that most beard products are too greasy, don't soften your beard, or smell bad in general? If this is you, there is a simple solution to your problem. If you are looking for a change in to level up your beard game, then you need to try nine Hair Co Beard products. These products were created for men of color all-natural and organic premium oils for maximum quality. Nine Hair Co products will nourish, protect, and soothe your beard and skin. The beard oil is designed for clean-shaven to medium beards, while the beard balm is designed for medium to thick beards. Both products relieve itching during growth, add moisture, and promote shine. Can you use beard oil and the beard balm together? Absolutely, yes, you can. For more information on leveling up your beard, click the link for ninehairco.com in the description box below.
1: Right, another episode of the radio show, ATL The Aftermath is on the air. You got M16, and look at this familiar face that's back here again. The beautiful Carol J from Carol J Podcast back on the show with us. Carol, what's up? How's it going? What's up, man?
2: Man, it, it, it's going good. As long as you know, I've been missing in action, but I'm back.
1: Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We're going to be talking to author William Douglas, all right? So he's got his book out, The Death and Resurrection of Baseball Echoes from a Distant Past. Now, you and I both just started reading it. It's a very interesting read. I'm really interested to talk to him about, I mean, writing a novel, that's a big deal. Um, What are some of the questions that you got for him as far as, like, writing a book? Because that ain't easy. Right. I want to know
2: how he got started. What you know, advice he has for people that's interested because, you know, it's a lot of us out there that want to be authors, but we just, we give up. So I feel like he'll have something for us tonight.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I guess about finishing the, the job, you know, doing the work, cause it ain't- Yeah, so, being consistent. Yes, so let's bring him in, let's have a conversation about his style and the book as well. You are now
2: listening to The Radio Show.
1: My safe word will be whiskey.
3: Sorry Rod, what was that? Whiskey. Do so you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it.
1: Where do you get
3: off? I just don't get why you're saying it that way.
1: Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it.
3: You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of the radio show ATL, The Aftermath. All right, so hanging out with us, our guest today is William R. Douglas, great author. Uh, William, thank you for making the time. We definitely appreciate it.
3: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to being on your show. It's an honor to be on here. I want to thank you for the invite. Uh, uh, When I saw ATL, I'm like, oh, I got to get on that one because my brother lives in the ATL, so...
1: Well, good. Well, come on in and uh, let's, um, you know, let's have a conversation about what you got going on here. Sure. Sure. All right. So in starting, uh, you know, learning about your background, you know, reading up on you. It was, you know, said in your bio that you've always been into writing. So did you wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to write a novel? Was it just that simple? Was it just that simple?
3: No, no, a little bit more complex than that. No, I I've always enjoyed writing since really since I was a kid and uh i remember many many years ago my maternal grandmother rest her soul uh she goes uh you know douglas you should write a book one day because you you really have a gift at writing so i kind of tucked that that uh that imitation from my grandma back in the back of my brain and and thought about yeah you know one day it would it would be cool to sit down write a novel so i'm I feel bad. I waited so long, but I finally got it out of me. So,
1: okay. So it was as simple as I guess, not necessarily just waking up one day and doing it, but just something that had been on your mind, and then you just sort of pushed yourself to do it.
3: Yeah. When it when it happened was, um, I had uh, the the first thing that happened uh, was I had read an article many years ago about. Uh, games that kids used to play before the Civil War of the 1860s. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, these games are are lost to history now, and uh, no one even knows the names of them. And uh, and then I read a, a couple of books that that helped germinate the story. The first book was uh, David Aikman's book on uh, the Almond Tree blossoms, which came out in. Like 1993. And that was a book, a uh, fictional story about a second civil war along ideological lines uh, liberal versus conservative. Uh, and then uh, another book that influenced the story was uh, uh, <clears throat> William Fortune's novel that came out probably about seven or eight years ago. That was called One Second After. And that's a, a, a novel about an EMP attack that, uh, cripples America. I've been involved in baseball all my life, uh, uh, playing and coaching, et cetera. And, and I I know firsthand that, uh, particularly at the youth level, the popularity of the game has begun to decline rather markedly really. And, uh, you also see that I think in, in the attendance, uh, some of the major league parks that, uh, You know, the attendance just isn't what it used to be. And just one day this thought came to my mind, well, you know, what if baseball were to die as a sport? You know, and I was primarily thinking about, uh, you know, the the games I talked about in the the 1860s that the kids uh, don't play anymore. And then I kind of tossed around, like, yeah, how in the world could baseball die as a sport? So I developed this storyline about, well, you know, popularity continues to decline, you know, let's, let's take it 40 years out from now. And then exasperating the demise of the sport is this awful uh, second civil war that, that, that starts in the year uh, 2061 uh, in book time. So I took all those what ifs and, and then uh, put that together and Baked in the oven for 350 for an hour and <laughs> got a book. So but no, uh seriously it took uh four years to write the book. I started uh I started writing in the fall of 2016 and uh finished uh the last words and in, in uh the fall of uh, 2020.
1: Okay. Cause your answer sort of led me into the next question I was going to, because I was gonna ask you, you know, did the pandemic sort of, I guess speed up the process when we were all in the house but then also you know the concept of the book it deals with baseball but it still blurs the lines of reality and fiction so you spoke about being a fan of baseball so that that love you know for for baseball
3: translate into putting the story together as well oh absolutely absolutely uh the the main character joe scott uh there's a lot of things in there that uh, that uh you know borrowed from my own life, both as a, as a young man and, 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 uh, and a teenager. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been in love with the game of baseball ever since, uh, I don't know, like 1965 or something. I just dated myself. So (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm 63, so I'll be 64 in May. So uh, played a lot of ball as a kid, particularly Sandlot ball, just, Getting together with my buddies in a corner lot. Getting together with my buddies in a corner lot and just playing ball without any adult supervision and really learn the game that way. uh, just through repetition.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Thanks for elaborating on that. So Uh, Again, just to reiterate, so we're talking to William Douglas, all right? He's the author of The Death and Resurrection of Baseball Echoes from a Distant Past, so that's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you get your books, and his website is authorwilliamrdouglas.com Miss Carol J, do you have something for William?
2: I do. Do you still watch the game?
3: All the time. All the time. I try to go to games when I can. Um uh, this past summer I went out to uh Dyersville and saw the uh, Field of Dreams game between the Cubs and the Reds. Uh year before I went to the first one to see the White Sox play the Yankees. That was that was epic. See the Yankees that,
2: that's my team. So I, I love the Yankees. I'm sorry. I'm, from the Bronx, so love-
3: we're so, I'm sorry we beat you in the bottom of the ninth at the first Field of Dreams game. <laughs> Okay. That's okay. (laughs) Well, we had a lot of fun. There are a lot of good uh, New York fans out there. We had a good time with each other, and it really didn't matter. In my mind, it didn't matter who won. It was just uh, a really special event that day. So,
2: right, right, Mm -hmm. okay. And then also, um, with putting your love and your passion into your writing, Um, what would you? I guess what advice would you give to an aspiring author that's thinking, you know, it's too late for them to to write that book? You know, what, what would you say to them?
3: Well, it's never too late. As long as the good Lord's got breath coming out of you it's never too late. Uh, um, I started late and I've got it, you know, I got my first book published. I got my second one underway. I'm already in chapter five, writing the second novel. And, uh, you know, if you've never written a book and you start, and of course you're going to go look it up on Google. You know, how do I write a book? You're just going to see just you know boatloads of advice. You know, you should do this, you should do that. And you know, um, I was being interviewed by a retired baseball broadcaster who uh, had tried to write a book and then he just stopped and. He he basically asked me the same kind of question, I, and I, my advice was really is really quite simple: just sit down, and start writing. It really is, yeah. and uh, let the story come out of you. And then once you get this story out of you, then you can go back, you know, get an editor and help you proofread and and do all the things that are necessary before you actually try to get a book published or 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 self publish a book. So. But it was a a, a cool uh, interchange uh, that I had with him because he wrote me a week later. He goes, "You wouldn't believe it. I'm just sitting down and everything's coming out of me. I get the book is just coming together nicely." So, so yeah, just sit right. down and, and do it.
2: Yes, that. All right. You get sixty. You got it. You are now listening to the radio
1: show.
0: They are. Uh, they are.
1: They are really good
0: they are like the sexiest vegetables they're so good
1: well i don't want sexy i want it to taste good
0: you're older than all of us you should learn to like sexy vegetables you're gonna need them your joints need them yeah I'm, I'm, I'm good
3: old. you don't want to pull
0: a muscle tying up your shoes 16. i mean it happens for me in your age i'm just
2: saying your <laughs> age.
3: you're listening to the radio show on youtube and all other podcast providers
1: Yes. All right. So, William, now that you, you know, you've, you know, you you put out your book and everything, but what would you consider either the best advice or feedback you receive during the writing of the book? And what's the best that you've gotten since it since it's come out?
3: Yeah, very good question. So during the writing of the book, um, and this is something too, for a first time writer, you want to surround yourself with a a circle of, of trusted people that are uh, called beta readers. And what you're doing is you're sharing your draft document with them and getting feedback as you go along. And one of my beta readers was uh, someone with a PhD in English and was a teacher uh, in a sixth grade uh, grammar school. And, but also an extremely avid reader, especially in the summer months uh, when she was on break. And she would say, yeah, you know, I can routinely read, you know, like 12 books a month in the summertime. So um, I took a lot of stock in her feedback. And uh, as the project developed, I kept getting very positive feedback from her that you know, this is this is really good. And so that was very encouraging. Uh, to hear that, and then, uh, after fast forward afterwards, after the book's been published, uh, I continue to get uh, very excellent feedback, including from this former uh, retired baseball broadcaster, and as well as a lot of uh, other uh, uh, podcast hosts that that have had me on their shows and and uh, and read the book, and uh, so yeah, so. Uh, it's been a blessing, both before and after uh, the day of publishing, and I continue to get good reviews, and I'm just looking to see, uh, you know, where this goes. I think there's a lot of legs left in the story. Um, even though the book was primarily designed to be entertaining, I think, uh, if as you saw it, as you get a chance to look at it yourself, there's also a, a very strong undercurrent in the book that is designed to make... You know the reader think about where we are at currently as a country and where we could be headed unless we relearn the arts of you know, getting along with one another even when we agree to disagree and that's a very important lesson in the book.
1: Yeah we we do need to get back to just you know attempting to coexist instead of all the infighting that's that's going on that's for you sure. Did.
3: Amen. Amen.
1: So uh, another thing here and then I pass it back to Carol. Um, So you spoke about some of, um, you know, other writers and anything. Who are some of the other writers that um, you consider to be, uh, you know, you've been influenced by them? And what about uh, their style you feel grabbed your attention? And do you feel that their work maybe had a hand in the project where you read somebody? It's like, you know, when I write something, I kind of want to not necessarily mimic what they're doing, but sort of maybe borrow a couple of things and make it your own.
3: No, not really. No, I, I, I just kind of had my own style. It just kind of came out of me. I mean, I, I always enjoyed Clancy's uh, stuff and, and then the two authors that I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, some of the classics, uh, you know, but uh, I, I can't say that I, I picked one and say, you know, I want to write like this person or that person. I just kind of, uh, you know, when I sat down to write, I sat down and just let my own style come out of me is is a is a story came out of you know deep down inside me.
1: No, that's a that's a good answer. William said, "Look, I'm authentic. Other freak people they doing their thing, but I, I I got this covered on my own here."
3: Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So uh,
1: again, just to reiterate, so we're talking to uh, great author William Douglas. All right. So he's got his book out, "The Death and Resurrection of Baseball: Echoes from a Distant Past." You can catch, you can, it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble or wherever you get your books. Here he is. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the not so subtle plug of the book right there in front of you. (laughs) And his website is authorwilliamrdouglas.com. Kara, do you have another question for William?
2: You are now listening to the radio show.
1: Okay. So I just want to say that with all the things going around in the world today that People talk about this is dangerous, watch yourself, be careful. I'm going to say this right now for the record. The most dangerous person on the planet is the person who thinks they can cook but cannot. That person is a terrorist. You should be weary of them.
3: You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers.
2: How did it feel having the teacher read and kind of correct some things? How did that feel?
3: You know that was okay. I mean, it, it's the reason why you 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 have that small circle of of trusted people that you know because you know uh, you know you're gonna have mistakes, uh, uh, and you want you want to start catching those early on. And then there's there's a constant process of okay, go back, reread, check again, check again. I don't know how many times the entire book was checked, but it was it was a lot. So. And you want to do that because uh, you know if you know you know the publishing world is undergoing a transformation. I mean, there's still traditional publishing, but self-publishing has gotten very huge. And they say that if you're going to go down the route of self-publishing, you better have a clean manuscript because uh, you know someone wants to you know buy you know take a chance to buy a, a book from an unknown author. And then you know, there's spelling errors on page one. That's that's kind of a turnoff. So uh, you want to make sure that you cross your Ts and dot your Is, and have your spelling and grammar down good. And that's where you know that that initial group of beta readers helps out. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a little congested. The initial group of beta readers helps out, and it helped that she you know was an was an English teacher. So that was a that was a double blessing. But then later on, you know, I went out on, on Upwork.com and actually hired a a professional editor to go through everything yet again. And she caught even more stuff. So
2: Wow. Well, See, I would well, have had jitters. Pardon me? I would have had jitters. Like, I, oh. I would have... <laughs> if it were, I, I guess I'm that type of person. I'm trying to rush everything. And, well... When it comes to the book, I know it, it takes time.
3: Yeah, I'll be honest with you. So when you first start out, and you don't have that first set of feedback yet. You know, whoever you call, you call, and you have that first discussion. You're like, you're holding your breath like, okay, are they going to say this thing totally stinks and don't even bother? Or are they going to be encouraging or something in the middle? And uh, in the early feedback you know, was positive. So that, that was very encouraging.
1: Nice. Nice. Becky. All right. So uh, just a, you know, a couple of more here uh, real quick. Um So you mentioned a little bit about, you know, getting to, you know, writing another a book and everything, but where would you like your writing skills to take you? I mean, is this something where you're just like blowing off some creative energy? Or are you just looking to take this thing as far as you can possibly get to? Because they're both rewarding. You know, if you're blowing off creative energy, you're still putting stuff out there for people to consume. Or are you looking to be that next one where, you know, somebody walks into a bookstore and it's like, man, I got to pick up this new book from William Douglas because that's
3: my guy. <laughs> so what are you looking to do with that? Well, so the the, the the impetus for the first book really was this curiosity question like, well, what would happen if a sport, a big sport were to die, you know, so, and I wanted to make it entertaining, wanted to make it clean, and I think that was accomplished. Now, you know, part of the undercurrent in the first book is that at least in book time, the sport of baseball has been dead for 100 years, and uh, it died a final last breath as a result of a second American Civil War. And so I started having people ask me, "Well, you're going to write another book? Are you going to write about the war?" I'm like, "Man, I don't know if I want to do that because you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not in favor of anything like that ever happening in this country, you know." And uh, at the same time, I share a very deep concern for the state of the nation. Uh, although I myself uh, am a conservative. I have friends and family that I dearly love that are, that are not conservative, and that's okay. And we we love each other, and we get along, and that's how it's supposed to work. But currently in America, you know, there's this extreme polarization that's going on, and you see this uh, particularly, I think, with with elected officials, and it's very alarming. And um, and that's why when I was writing the first book. I wanted that undercurrent to be in there so that people think about, you know, how do we make sure nothing like this ever happens? And so that was the impetus of the first book. So the second book that I'm writing, I'm actually gonna tackle, uh, you know, a scenario of how could this awful thing call the second American civil war start, uh, you know, in our time. 40 years in the future, although, you know, you look around and, gosh, it's kind of scary. You hope it doesn't start sooner than that, but, or it doesn't start at all, period, really. And so, um, the impetus for the second book would be to illustrate the utter foolishness. (laughs) I'm sorry for my congestion. (laughs) The impetus for the second book is to illustrate the utter foolishness of ever getting to a point where we have a second civil war in america and the fact that there would be no winners we would it you know, would, wouldn't matter who started it it wouldn't matter who ended it uh there would be no winners and uh it would just be a, an awful tragedy for the country and so we have to figure out a way to you know come back to the table as as brothers and sisters and citizens and agree to disagree and get along with one another and find common ground to mo- move the country forward.
1: Yeah, and I feel like anybody who's level-headed would agree with the same thing, you know, where people can have disagreements when it comes to how they view, I guess, polit- have different political views while at the same time still coming to a common ground. that Hey, we're supposed to be all playing on the same team because we're all, you know, Americans and we...
3: Mm-hmm. To be going that route, but right, right, it doesn't, it just, it doesn't it, work out like that. just to illustrate, you know, my own heart. I mean, I watched uh President Biden's State of the Union address last night. There were some things I thought you know were good and I and I liked, you know, and, and that I think as Americans, we have to come back to a point where we respect the office and we see common ground when it's there to be seen. and and to support it so
1: i can i can definitely uh agree with what you're saying with that you are now listening to
2: the radio show
1: things here William um so we talked about a lot of stuff concerning you know what what you're doing now what you're looking to do in the future did we miss any you know anything that we missed like any upcoming projects do you have any social media or anything else that we might not have given voice to that you want to mention we definitely will want to bring that up
3: yeah definitely uh you know you already mentioned the my author website author William uh, there's a book trailer out there that uh, has gotten a lot of rave reviews, and it does a very excellent job in about forty-five seconds of of, of uh, it felt like uh, a movie, it felt like
1: a movie trailer. I know,
3: I know, I know. I I got goosebumps when the guy sent it back, and you're like, "Wow, that's about my, my book."
1: Because so, he did the he did the movie voice, you know. He was like a second, uh-huh. or, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. so yeah,
3: yeah. I know, I know, I know. And uh, I was on a an interview a couple uh two weeks ago and the gal uh uh, had read the entire book before we came on the air and she was just like oh my gosh this is so good i can see this being a major motion picture and she goes who would you have played a part of grandpa moses i said well if he was still around wilford brimley but he's gone now so i'll take sam elliott (laughs) all right all right all
1: right. But, yeah, it did. It, it felt like a. it had that sound of a movie trailer on it. So um, one one last question I wanted to ask you that was baseball related. So you're you're a White Sox fan. I am. OK, so part of being a fan for all of us who watch sports is that sometimes your team will deal you a blow that is bad. And it's a loss, and it's like, oh man! But you're hanging there with him. What is the most that you can remember? The most devastating loss that the White Sox gave to you that it just took you forever to get over? Maybe you're not even over it to this point. You know, is it the '93 uh, series against the Blue Jays? Like what?
3: You know, it was the '83 uh, uh, AL uh, championship series against the the Baltimore Orioles. Back then, the playoffs were simpler. I mean, you you won the pennant. You went right to the championship series. It was a best of five. In that case, it was against the Baltimore Orioles. Now, the Sox clinched the pennant in the middle of August of 83. That's how oh, good they, they were.
1: they ran away with it then if they it's ran, the middle of August.
3: They totally ran away with it. And uh, that's kind of a bad thing because then you just start coasting. You know, you, I think you lose some of your edge there. So they, you know, they come up against the Baltimore Orioles and they lose three straight. I was so upset. <laughs> I, 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 can still I was so, ups, so upset. I was like, oh man, are you kidding me? After all this, you lose three straight? I can well, see it. You know, it know, in it your, took a
1: while to get over that one. I can see your face that still sticks with you. Kara, you said you were a Yankees fan. Did, did the Yankees deal a blow to you that you can't get past? Can I try and guess it? Was it the 0-4 series against the Red Sox? Was that the one that did it? Look at her look, look at her face.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah.
1: Was <laughs> that the one that I guess right?
2: Oh, you did. You did. <laughs>
3: uh, sorry about that. Well, it's just a matter of time. It'd been over a hundred years for the Red Sox. So I guess they were due. I
1: guess they were due, but in the most epic fashion possible. Um for yeah, me. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. I'm
3: kinda right. like a p- person without mm-hmm. a t- win four straight against the Yankees after losing the first three. That's rough. I, yeah. uh, for me, um, I,
1: I'm, I used to, I grew up being a Braves fan. I'm not so much of a fan now as I was when I was younger, but the 96 world series is one that just stuck with me. Cause that was the one to get. And uh-huh. then we let it slip away against Carol's Yankees. Uh-huh. It, was, it was two. the series was two to nothing. Um, it just looked like it was headed our way. And then you lose four in a row and that one just stuck with me cuz that was the one i i really wanted and we just yeah. didn't get it and yeah. it still sticks yeah. with
3: me right well, that was with uh uh oh, gosh what were the pitchers names i forget but uh they had that that squad of four pitchers oh, versus- oh
1: yeah so it was uh, Smoltz Maddox yeah, Lavin Smolt. yep, yeah. yep yep
3: yep yep yeah yep. yeah
1: the disappointment still sits with me to this day all these years later but
3: you but, know hey, you wanted want a couple years ago again so
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not so much of a fan anymore. Like when they won it this time, I was kind of disconnected from it a little bit. You know, um, I'm like, where was this, you know, 20 years ago? Like, why could not you win it 20 years ago? You know, but, you know, it's it's cool. You know, it's it's all in fun and everything. But um, again, uh, just to to reiterate for uh, people out there. And here it is on the screen here as well. And I'm sure William's probably going to hold it up again as well. Uh, if sure, let me. There you go. Make sure and check out the book the death and resurrection of baseball echoes from a distant okay. past all right
3: i found this available. on the web for check out the book
1: check there it, it is <laughs> <laughs> amazon barnes and noble wherever you get books is available you can also read it on your on your uh your kindle as well so you can download it to your kindle and read it on there as well mm-hmm. so um wait a minute, this was a great conversation um it was great to you know get to know you your background you know how you came up with you know the concept of writing the book um we definitely want to uh stay in touch as far as as you continue with your other projects you come back you know talk yeah, to yeah i would love to you know love um to. and we would love to you know uh like review your books and things like that so um definitely wish you nothing but um continued success in the future and um we just look forward to more work from you
3: yeah so i'm zeroing zeroing in on uh 50 reviews uh on amazon i guess when you hit 50 as a self-published author magical things happen with rankings and sales so uh, i would really value your reviews uh, when you get a chance so
1: all right so yeah um definitely uh, do that for you uh, once we're uh done completing the book and for the people out there who are going to purchase the book we'll says it'll be you know some kindness, you know, throwing five stars, you know, you like the book, go ahead and review it on Amazon. All that stuff. Absolutely.
3: helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to love the story. It's a great, generally it's, it's overall, it's a very feel good story. I don't want to mislead people that it's some depressing story because there's this undercurrent and they're about the second civil war. I mean, it is an undercurrent it's there, but it's, it's subtle, but it's there as a intentional thing, but overall it's a feel good story. And a lot of people are using the word hope uh, when they get done reading it, as far as the reviews go. So that's the frequent word that you'll see in the Amazon reviews.
1: Nice. And also, just to reiterate, for further information as well, just go to WilliamRWs.com. That information is on the screen there, and it's also going to be in the podcast description as well. So make sure and show them some love. We would definitely appreciate that. So
3: You bet. Uh, again, and see, I'd like to say hi to my brother, Scott up in Buckhead and his wife, Sue. And uh, my brother is an avid, avid Braves fan. He, he probably goes to, I don't know, 20 or 30 games of every summer.
1: Okay. So he's, he's probably not over the 96 World Series yet either. So you can know that I feel your pain.
3: <laughs> there but, you go.
1: But, um, again, you know, the book, The Death and Resurrection of Baseball Echoes from a Distant Past, please, you know, show William some support. He's doing some great work. And like I said, we look forward to further conversations in the future.
3: All right. I want to thank you all for the opportunity. It's been a fun conversation.
1: Absolutely. And like I said, we look forward to uh, talking to you again soon.
3: Have a great evening. You too. Thank you so much.
2: You are now listening to the radio show.
1: All these horrible ass
0: drivers from the following States, Florida, New York, Delaware for some freaking reason in North Carolina. I really want to pop your tires.
3: You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers.
1: All right, Carol J, we're back on the aftermath. We just got got done talking to William Douglas, all right? So we talked to him about his book and all that good stuff. So what did you pick up from the conversation with William?
2: Man, I picked up a lot. Well, first, you know, even though everybody don't like the Yankees, but um, I've seen that he had a real passion for baseball and then this world of writing, like, it's amazing. I mean, it, it was things that he told that I, I didn't even know. You know, he gave us some great advice.
1: Really. You know especially for somebody who's an aspiring author no matter what the age you know he was talking about oh i'm older and i waited too long but it's never too late to you know jump in and do what you're passionate about and that's what he did so that could be motivation for somebody whether you're you know 16 26 or 60 it doesn't matter you know jump in there and do do your passion so again the book is called the death and resurrection of baseball uh from a distant past there you see it right there on the screen It's available on amazon barnes and noble or wherever you get your books he's got a website author so you can check out further information from him on there the information is on the screen and in the podcast description now for our lovely co-host who keeps showing up and we keep loving having her on the show carol j there's the information on the screen please check out the carol j podcast she got that real talk over there with only the humor that she can deliver on the pod please check out all the podcast providers apple spotify wherever you listen to pod. please subscribe to the carol j podcast all right and then finally when it comes to the radio show atl if you want to be a guest on the radio show atl just send us an email the radio show inbox at gmail.com or you can send us a text 678-800-1677 we definitely look forward to hearing from you so carol Again, I can't thank you enough for continuing to come on here and just being, uh, you know, uh, not just a friend of the show, but family of the show. We definitely appreciate it. Are you
2: already Look, thank you for having me as an affiliate guest. Y'all done, look, I done made it. I'm crossing the burning sands. I'm now in the fraternity of the Radio ATU, So For sure, since day I'm one, here.
1: since you came on here from the first day, you said, yo, we was down forever and that's what we doing, for sure. All right. So for all the people who support the radio show ATL, we definitely appreciate it. Every like and subscribe gets us another like and subscribe. So like and subscribe. So again, thanks to William, you know, for coming on the show, talking about his book. And we're just going to keep dropping this heat in 2023. So stay tuned for more. All right. We'll catch you all later. Appreciate you watching.
2: Hey, this is Alora
0: Lovelight and you're tuned in to the radio show ATL. Make sure to check out my latest single, erodyssey and follow at It's the Radio Show on Instagram. If you want your music heard on the radio show, email the inbox at gmail.com.